we listen to different viewpoints on a daily basis. And we sort and we sift and we consider and we reject and we embrace different views. But in terms of our plight in life, we really only have three options, and that's what I'd like for us to consider briefly this evening. Three options for views that we have as people. The text from Psalm 121 will serve as a guide for tonight's thoughts. I'd like to read from the New Living Translation this evening. Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. In times like these, actually, on a regular basis, it's good for us to check our vision. I'm not talking about going to the optometrist and checking our eye vision. I'm talking about our outlook on life, specifically our outlook on the circumstances that we face. As I see it, and no pun intended there, there are three options. First is the downward gaze, the downward gaze. Some choose a downward gaze as they look at their present circumstances. With their chin down, their gaze is often fraught with discouragement, disappointment. Sometimes they're so down that they avoid looking at their situation. Then in a state of denial, they, their avoidance leads to paralysis, which leaves them in a condition of hopelessness. It's a tragic state. It's a, a terrible gaze downward when all they can see is what their fate might be in a negative way, the downward gaze. Others will choose a straight-ahead gaze. These people plow forward, thinking about their present circumstances night and day. All they see are the problems right in front of them. There's anxiety, there's stress, but they're committed to solving their problems on their own. You might hear them say something like this, I got myself into this mess and I'll get myself out of it. It's the straight ahead gaze just confronting the issues straight ahead. But the writer of Psalm 21 models a third option. It's the upward gaze. He writes, I will lift my eyes to the mountains. Now, what is that? Is he talking about a mountain range? Well, there's a couple of thoughts here. First of all, the word mountain often in scripture uh, equals, it, it basically is a metaphor for the very presence of God. Also, living in Jerusalem, there were mountains in not too far distance from there, and uh, especially Mount Hermon. And 
Uh, typically, in the summer, there would be pilgrimages to Mount Hermon, and they would go to the mountain to find refreshing, uh, to breathe in that cool mountain air. So either way you look at it, presence of the Lord or a, a, uh, a, an air of refreshing and, and renewal, it works in this uh, interpretation. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. It could also represent whatever could be beating down on you. That's, again, a metaphor like the sun that would be beating down on us on a hot summer day to find a place or even rather a person of refreshing and hope and renewal. So what the psalmist is saying here is when the heat is on, I will lift up my eyes to a place rather to a God of refreshing and hope. Lift my eyes, or as the Brits say, chin up. The writer then lays out reasons for his upward gaze. And it's helpful to really get this. The first reason for the upward gaze is that there is a helper with a stellar resume. Verse 121, chapter, chapter 121, verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You know, talk about a track record. I mean, the creator of heaven, the creator of the earth is available to help us available for your circumstances today. I'm thinking that he can handle it because after all, if he made the world, surely he can fix it. If he's allowed circumstances in our life, then certainly he can come and help us in those circumstances. We have to understand that, and it's, it's hard to understand, but it helps us to grasp that there are things that God allows that yet he can come into our life and he can help us. Whether it's for healing or financial provision, wisdom, shelter, hope, peace, patience. I think that's one of the things I've heard a lot from talking with, with some of you this past week. It's not having an end inside and needing patience wanting to get through this and move on to the next season, God can help us with patience, peace, comfort, strength. He made us, so surely he can help us. The psalmist goes on to describe how dependable this helper is, which is our second point, a helper with a guarantee. Actually, there's three guarantees in this chapter of Psalm 121. You know, Shelly and I have a folder with the file in our file drawer that is a place where we put warranties and guarantees. And it's really nice to have a warranty when you need one. What we have found, if we can find a warranty, usually it's outdated and it doesn't work anymore. These are eternal guarantees that we see. And uh, they're really worth looking at for a few moments tonight. Starting at verse 3, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will not slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. 
The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. The first of three guarantees in this passage is this. He will not let your foot slip. You know, there are various slippery slopes that we can find ourselves heading down. There's moral, ethical, financial, emotional, and other things that end in AL, slopes that we can find ourselves slipping down. Yet God will help us to keep our foot from slipping. What a wonderful God. He has a strong arm that can pull us up when we slip. In fact, Psalm 1 36 verse 12 says this, with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. You ask, but how does he know when I'm vulnerable, when my foot might be failing and my my foot is slipping? I'm glad you asked. That brings us to the second guarantee, which is he watches over us. He does not sleep. He watches and sees when our foot might be slipping. The psalmist goes to great lengths to emphasize this point. Verse 3, he who watches over you will not slumber, which means sleep. Verse 4, he who watches over your nation, it's Israel in this case, but the nations of the world in 2020 will not sleep. Verse 5, he who watches over you will be your shade. When circumstances are beating down on us like the sun on a hot summer's day, He will be our shade. Verse 7, he will watch over your life. Verse 8, he will watch over your coming and going. That sounds like 24-7 to me. God does not sleep on the job. God is ever watching and mindful of everything that you are going through. And the third guarantee, he will keep you from harm. Verse 6. The events of your day will not harm you. Verse 7, he will keep you from all harm. Now, we have to ask ourselves, especially in this time, and we're reminded, does that not mean, or does that mean that nothing bad will ever happen to us? Sure sounds like it, doesn't it? This is where the unity of Scripture is so important, because the answer to that question, does that mean that nothing bad will ever happen to us as well not exactly doesn't mean that in psalm 91 verse 15 the lord says i will be with them in trouble it doesn't say i will keep them from trouble but he also promises to rescue to protect and to honor them so we can be confident in this helper this god who guarantees he will keep us from slipping constantly watching over us and ever protecting us. Which leads to our third and final point, a helper worth our trust. There's always a catch with the warranty, right? And this is the case here with God. It's covenantal language that we see in Psalm 91, and it really helps us here. Now listen to these conditions. Now if you want that protection, if you want all that God offers as our helper, then this is the part that's on us, all right? Verse 9 of Psalm 91. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make him your shelter. And then verses 14 to 16, still in Psalm 91. 
I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Wow. If we make the Lord our refuge, if we make him our shelter, if we love the Lord, that we have the wealth of promises that are here that are certainly timeless for all people who love the Lord and make him their refuge. As Tim Keller wrote, and I quote, the only thing faithful people can lose in suffering are the things that are finally expendable. The real you, the one he is creating, cannot be harmed. I firmly believe that. The you that God is shaping and forming and has a destiny for will not be harmed. Those things will not fall away. There might be other things as we suffer that will fall away, things that are temporal, but things that are eternal, things that are are not expendable. Those things we will hold on to because of Christ being our refuge. So I simply ask you this, do you love the Lord? Have you made him your refuge? Have you made him your shelter? Have you placed your trust in him? If yes, then why not keep that gaze upward? I will lift up my eyes. We have all of these promises for us. Don't gaze downward. Don't just look straight ahead at your problems, but lift up your countenance. Lift up your eyes to the Lord as a declaration of your confidence that he will be with you in the time of trouble. Now, if you haven't yet declared your belief in Jesus, you can do so tonight. Then you have every right that every child of God has to focus your gaze upward and to claim to stand upon these promises. Again, I want to just reiterate this. I will rescue them. I will protect them. When they call on me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them and reward them and give them my salvation. What a great God we serve. Now, we are going to be praying to this great God. Some of our leaders I've asked to uh, to share, leading us in sequential prayer, going through the, the prayer requests that have been uh, identified on the chat. And so uh, we can expect, we can pray with faith in our heart tonight that the maker of heaven and earth will indeed help us. He is our helper. David's God is our God. And all who lift up their eyes to him.